Proverbs chapter 4. Let's just look at our main text. Proverbs 4, verses 20 through 22. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they, what, what is the, the they? God's words. Are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. So the Lord is saying, my son, give attention to my words. In other words, stop and focus on my word. Give me your attention. That means a lot of things are vying for our attention, but we need to give our attention to the word. He said, incline your ear to my sayings. In other words, stop listening to what others are saying and listen only to what I'm saying. Don't let my words depart from your eyes. Keep my words in your heart. For those words, this is the key we have to get a hold of, that we hear it, but are we hearing it on the inside? Are we really getting it? For those words are life to those who found them and medicine to all their flesh. Is there anything that our God can't do other than lie? Can't lie. (laughs) I got you there, didn't I? He can't lie. But... Bottom line, though, is is that there's nothing too big for our God, is what I'm trying to say. There's no disease. There's a lot of diseases mankind can't solve. I mean, shoot, we're having a problem now just with that anti-germ soap that we all use. Because it's creating uh, germs that are resistant to that, that are being able to overcome that. What is that? The law of sin and death at work. And it's doing its job, so to speak. But the law of life in Christ Jesus is higher than that law. Amen? We're saying, I'm free from the curse of the law. Amen? That may be real, even though the world might say, we can't cure this, can't cure this, can't cure this. They're always talking about how there's one thing on the cusp. We're almost there on cancer. Have we not? We've been hearing that for a very, very long time. You know? Well, yeah, if you're willing to lose your hair... And maybe other things. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't point at him. She did that, okay? But that's okay. He's right here. Larry's right behind you, you know. Amen. I am so grateful for my hair. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Anyway, but anyway, my point is, is that the world can offer some things, can't they? But there's a price to pay for it, Right? I mean, there's a price to pay that sometimes, I don't know about you, but I watch those commercials. I'm thinking, no thanks, I'll, I'll keep the other thing. I mean, yeah, yeah, well, this will take care of this little minor thing that's not even that big of a deal anyway. You could learn to live with, so to speak. Instead, you could lose your arm, you could lose this, you could lose this, and death may occur. <laughs> you know, no thanks. <laughs> I, the bottom line is God isn't saying we have to put up with all that kind of stuff. What did he do? He said, I sent my word and healed them. Amen. The key is getting that word, that healing word in us and letting it do its work. Remember the first session we had, we talked about the seed of the word of God. Well, what does seed do? When you plant the seed of the word of God, it just does what it's supposed to do, right? It produces a harvest on its own. The key is though, we have to do the work. Listen to me, everybody. You have to do the work of putting the Word in you. It won't happen just because I I rub my Bible next to me. 
It won't happen because I go to church. It won't happen because you have to dig in. Remember, those that find them. You're digging in as if this is a precious treasure, which, by the way, it is. It's the most precious treasure. And in these words are life and health to all our flesh. We can fix anything. God can fix anything with His Word. Amen? But we have to get that Word in us. Now, what I want to do tonight is we're going to focus... Remember, we've been looking at each... We've been breaking chapter 4, verses 20 and 21 down. Okay? Looking at... We, stopped, we talked about attending to the Word. We talked last week about inclining our ear to the Word. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about don't let the Word depart from our eyes. Don't let the Word depart from our eyes. Look at the Word, in other words. God is telling us not to let His Word leave our sight. Okay, In other words, don't stop looking at the Word. Keep your eyes on the Word. Now, somebody might hear that, and to be honest with you, it might even be occurring to some, that, well, I can't literally keep my eyes on the Word all the time. I can't literally be looking at the Word. Well, that's really not what the scripture is talking about you see the fact is is that (laughs) it would be impossible for us to keep our eyes on the word all the time our physical eyes how would you drive how would you sleep how would you hold a conversation how could you work i mean consider that you can only spend so much time in the word of god with your physical eyes okay and even that what happens if you read too long all of them begin to blend together In other words, your eyes get tired, right? You can't just stare at the Word. No, what it's talking about is this. God is speaking of our imagination. He's speaking of our thought life. This is so crucial to what we're talking about, about getting the Word in, because this is a lot of the time where people don't follow through. They might attend to the Word. They might be reading the Word. They might listen to the Word, but they don't think much about their thoughts because to be honest with you we've been taught without necessarily anybody saying it this way that your thoughts really don't matter you know i remember one time i was with a man not a church going man with me i mean i was with someone and and he was talking about uh, you know looking at this really pretty woman going by and i'm like you know i i I really try my best (laughs) not to You know, I'm not blind, but I try not to focus on that, okay? And his thoughts was, what are you talking about? You can look if you don't touch. And I'm thinking, if you keep on looking, sir, you will eventually want to touch. In other words, if you keep on looking, in other words, what's the thoughts in your, in your mind? Your thoughts lead to actions in your life eventually. You may say, I'd never do that, but if you keep on thinking about it, just take your favorite dessert, for example. I'm going to go ahead and fast. I can do it. And then just, now what do you do then? You avoid all thoughts of food that you really like, right? I mean, somebody, the commercial flick, (laughs) you know, (laughs) billboard, turn your head. You know, what I'm saying is I don't want to incite my thoughts to think about that because then it will be that much harder on me. You know why? Your thoughts matter. They make a difference. And your thoughts, when it comes to the Word of God, the Word of God has so much to say about our thoughts. But let's do something right now to help us. I've done this many times. And again, it's worth doing again. I want everybody to close their eyes. I mean everybody close your eyes. 
Everybody's eyes closed. Okay, I'm going to tell you a story. Do not open your eyes and just listen to my words. All right, so we're in a plane and we're flying at a thousand miles an hour. We're jetting across Massachusetts. We're jetting across New York. We're jetting across, uh, uh, we're heading up to, we're going so fast, we're almost coming up to California. But just as we come up to California, all of a sudden Utah jumps in our way and Utah crashes into the plane. Everybody open your eyes. Now that was the most absurd story you've ever heard, correct? Right up there. Now, what happened in your mind? You pictured all of it, didn't you? Even though it was ridiculously absurd, you weren't you didn't picture words. You pictured pictures. So in other words, words paint pictures. That is such an important thing for us to understand because pictures mean everything in our thought life. Images mean everything in our thought life. And so when we understand this, that God's Word impacts our thought life, God's Word paints pictures in our thoughts. We have images of what we think something should be. No matter how hard you try not to, you can't help it. When you hear words, images come up. Images come up. Our thoughts are so powerful and influences so much. If we really realized the potential, we'd be in a big, fat race to renew our mind in every area. Because that's what's holding you back. You see, some people would do this. Let's say they're having problems in their marriage. They're having problems at work. And they're having problems with family. And they say, you know what? What I need is a change of scenery. And so they decide, I'm over here on this side of the United States. I'm going to move over here and I'm going to start fresh. And they get a new job. And they may even leave the family and they start all over. But guess what? Here's a problem. And you've heard me say this if you've been around a while. What's the problem? Well, the problem is you went on the trip. You took you, you take you wherever you go. And so what happens is the same thought mess that got you in this mess over here, all you did was transplant it and it started out okay, but guess where you'll end up? In the same mess. That's why people wonder and scratch their heads, it seems like everything I do, I always end up in the same place somehow. I mean, somebody said this one time, and I, I think it's really good. I was telling, somebody was saying, you know, t- telling someone else, you know, if we would just take all the money in the world, we could literally probably give a million dollars to every person. Right? The problem is in 30 days, all the rich people would have it back again. You know why? Rich people think what? Rich. Poor people think what? Poor. Listen to me, people aren't broke because of a lack of money. They're broke because of the way they think. And see, (laughs) that may seem like, no, that's too simplistic. No, it's right on the money. Because you, you can only, listen to me, your imagination, I don't want to get ahead of myself, your imagination, your thought life dictates just about everything in your life. Proverbs 4.21, what we read earlier, let them, my words, not depart from your eyes. God is talking about your imagination here. He's saying to us, look as well as listen. For example, what does he say to listen to? Remember what did he tell us last week? Listen to what? 
my words, his words. Well, he's also telling us what to look at, his words. This is directly connected to healing because he talks about what? Life and health and medicine in the very next verse. So he's saying this is all connected. What you pay attention to, what you listen to, and what you're thinking on. These are all connected. Very, very important. He's telling us, get God's word on healing, and healing will be produced in your body. Get his word on healing and look at it. Focus on it. Look at the words. For example, um, uh, most of you know 1 Peter 2.24, the latter part of the verse. By his stripes we were healed. Everybody say it with me. By his stripes we were healed. Now, let's say that's the verse we're focused on, okay? Now, that's God's word, right? By his stripes, we were healed. Is there healing power in that word? Those words have the life of God. They have the healing power of God. Remember, God sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all their destructions. So those words have healing power, but what we do a lot of the times is we might memorize it, and that's about it. And we stop right there. But we need to begin to think on it. Begin to meditate on it. Begin to ponder it and consider the implications of that verse in my life. For example, if I keep on focusing on it, I'll begin to notice that it's past tense, like we talked about last week. That, In other words, um, if the Bible says, by his stripes you were healed, then how does that play with me now? I must be healed, right? So if I will keep my eyes on it, if I will picture it, if I will imagine it, if I will see it working in my life, then that tells me I'm healed. In other words, I'm picturing those words working in my life. I'm beginning to see myself healed. I'm, I'm, I'm eventually going to see myself well. I'm, what is the thing that you're having a challenge with and picture it gone? Picture it not a challenge. If somebody told me walking hurt, you know, for example, their ankle, their knee, always hurt and it's always bothering them, then picture in your mind, by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. If I was healed, then I am healed. Picture yourself moving without any pain. Picturing yourself running. What are you doing? You're seeing yourself well. That is so important to leading to it manifesting. Because if you can't imagine it, it ain't going to happen. You are stopped at your imagination. If you cannot see yourself doing it, then you can't do it. Your imagination means everything when it comes to this. If you see yourself sick, guess what? You're going to stay sick. So there's a lot of people in a hospital bed I visit that are sitting there in the bed and I'm telling them that the Word of God says thus and so. They've heard me preach it. They've heard me minister it. But I can't get them to do it. In other words, quit laying there thinking about how I'm not going to get out. How much I hurt. Instead, think about the healing power of God's working in me. The Word is working. By the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. I see myself running around. I see myself active. I see myself breathing deeply. I see myself full of energy. Instead, what they do is they lay in bed, and your imagination gets the best of you. Brother Hagen Sr., he shares when he was uh, younger, and uh, he was, didn't understand this quite yet, he said I, he would lay in bed. He was bed fast. So that means what? 
a lot of time in bed. <laughs> in other words, he couldn't get up. He couldn't go anywhere. He was paralyzed pretty much. And so he'd be laying in bed, and he had a lot of time to think. You know, And they didn't have TV, internet, iPads. He was just lying in bed by himself. And so he would have a lot of time to think. And he said, he said I would picture myself, because I was always told I'm going to die. I knew I was going to die. He said, I would picture myself dying. And I would picture, I would picture every little process, them coming to get me in my room and laying me down on the gurney and bringing me out to this, you know, and, and, and follow the processes. He said, I would, and I'm just paraphrasing, he said, I would picture in the cemetery them digging out the plot. I would picture the words they would say. I would picture them lowering me down. I would picture the door closing. I would picture the dirt claws hitting the top. And he said, then when it was all said and done, it was filled up, I would picture what the cemetery looks like and what my plot looks like over the seasons. Now, are your thoughts powerful? See, that was preventing him from what? Faith is an expectation. You get what? Is that expecting good things or bad things? So if your thoughts are always focused on how nothing's going to change, this can't change, I'm stuck, so on and so forth, guess what? You can blab all you want, and you can say, Hello, Pastor, I agree with you in Jesus' name. But if your thoughts are stuck there, guess where you're going to be stuck? Faith is expecting the Word to work. Amen? Does the Word work? Is God faithful? So I should be expecting the turnaround. I should be expecting to see good things. I should be thinking on, well, if I'm healed, what does a healed person do? Well, a healed person doesn't just lay around going, woe is me. Nothing's getting better. What does a healed person do? A healed person what? Does good things. So I'm going to imagine in my mind what a healed person acts like. And that's how I'm going to see myself. But the problem is the devil did a pretty good job of painting some bad images in your head because you listened to the wrong words. So it's important, again, what we're, remember, stop and pay attention to my words. Listen only to my words. Why is he telling us that? Because those words will affect our thoughts. Don't listen to anybody else. Amen? Don't pay attention. I remember, I've shared this story a number of times, but it's good to to help my daughter, my uh, middle child, Allison, when she was born, there was a bunch of complications, a bunch of issues. And I remember the doctor coming in, giving us a bad report. And he's saying, you know, she could be in the hospital for anywhere from a few weeks to many months. We don't know. There's this problem. There's that problem that could happen. And he's listing what he's obliged to listen, you know, list. And just to inform us. And I had family in the room. Well, when he was all done, he asked me this question. He said, well, uh, do you believe, do you know God or something? Now, that's not something you want to hear a doctor say when he's done. And I said, sir, I know him personally. Thank you. And, uh, <laughs> and then he, he, he was a Christian too. And uh, so I, he walked out of the room and I kicked all the family out of the room. Okay, everybody. And I got my wife together and we bawled. Now, the reason I bawled is why. I need to get the emotions out of my way because the emotions are going to impact my faith. I want to remove them. So let's just get them out of the way. So we hugged each other and cried. I said, okay, now shut up. I said, let's get this thing together. I said, what can we believe God for? What can we be in agreement on? And we got an agreement that we would leave 
uh, I think it was three days later, we will walk out of this hospital with our daughter completely healthy and whole. And so we got an agreement. I wouldn't listen to anybody. And I, if any family members said, well, you can, you got to, and they want to, shut up. My wife and I agreed. I didn't care who I offended. This is about my daughter. Everybody else will have to get over it. Sometimes you just can't be sissy-footing around. Well, I want to be polite. Well, I was being polite. Just shut up and don't talk. Love you. <laughs> you know? And I told people, just, I don't want to hear it, you know? And uh, anyway, guess what? We walked out that exact time frame. She got better so fast, the nurses were it was blowing their minds. She's like, she went from this extreme to this extreme to this extreme to this extreme. Then they kept her just an extra day, which was still in our time frame, because she was technically healed a day and a half before we agreed. And they just wanted to keep her to make sure she was doing real well. We left and never been an issue since. Honest, she's grown up, doing good now. You know? Everything's fine. Does the word work? Amen. But I, could, I couldn't sit there and sulk. I couldn't think about, oh my gosh, we're going to be here for weeks. And then if I would have dwelt on that, what would have happened? It would have affected my ability to believe God, my faith. Amen. And so your body sometimes is going to say, you can't do that. The doctor might say, you might as well learn to live with that problem disease. Here, start taking these pills. Now, should you take the pills? Sure, but don't learn to live with it. Amen. So I'm going to take these pills. I'll do what you tell me. But in Jesus' name, I'm going to come to the point I don't have to take them. And I'm going to start working my faith that direction. Your friend, isn't it amazing what a friend could say? Just accept what you can't change. I love you, brother. Man, that's not what I want to hear. The diagnosis might say this sickness is yours and there's nothing that can be done about it. Listen to me. Your thinking can and will limit you. Your thinking can lock you up as a prisoner in your own body when it comes to health. Proverbs 23, 7. Write this down. Proverbs 23, 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. The New American Standard Version, I really like this. It says... For as he thinks within himself, so he is. For as he thinks within himself, do you think within yourself? Absolutely. As we went through that crazy, absurd story I gave you, you were thinking within yourself and you were seeing and picturing images. What you need to do is picture the life of God working in you. Picture energy working through you. Picture being sharp in mind and body. Picture that you're healthy, wealthy, and strong. Picture this is the best Christmas financially. Picture that these things. It's not that it's mind over matter, guys. It's not mind over matter. That's ridiculous, okay? But listen to me. I, I want to get you. You need to see this, how faith works. God spoke what he desired, right? And he said what to darkness? Light be. And the Bible says light was. He wanted light. So what did he see in his mind? He saw what he wanted and then he said it. You see how important? His imagination was brought to life. And as you read through the rest of the story, that's God saw giraffes. Why? I don't know. Okay, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of crazy animals. You watch some of these animal things, or the especially the ones in the ocean. Man, they're wackadoo. 
I mean, there's some crazy stuff. But you know, that just goes to show God has a very vivid imagination. I mean, think about when we get to heaven. There's some creatures in heaven that are quite freaky looking. I mean, you know, four-headed things and, I mean, wings and all kinds of things, you know, that are different from where we're at. But picture the beauty and the majesty and the glory of everything we'll see. We can't even express it in words. I mean, we don't, it's like we can't get it, but we can imagine, and I'm telling you what, it's going to exceed our imagination. Amen? Praise God. But listen, for as he thinks within himself, so he is. As I said earlier, if you can't imagine it, you can't do it, or you won't walk in it. You'll never go beyond your imagination. Your imagination is kind of a stop limit. Yet if you can imagine it, you can do it. Listen, it's like this. If you, how you see yourself on the inside is how you're going to manifest on the outside. If you see failure every time you look in the mirror, it's not going to, success is going to be very, very hard. Yet if you see yourself successful on the inside, then failure is not going to be easy. But it depends on how you see yourself on the inside. And the Word of God will help shape your thoughts. It will shape those pictures. It will paint those images on the inside of you so that's what you see. Our, our, our imagination basically is the key that will change our life. The problem is, again... People don't give much thought to what they're thinking about. Let me say it this way. Do you ever stop to think about what you're thinking about? (laughs) That's weird to say, isn't it? Just stop thinking about what I'm thinking about. But the reality is you have the ability to do that. What am I thinking about? What am I thinking about? And, And then you catch yourself daydreaming. Anybody ever daydream? Sure you do. Some of you are doing it right now. I mean, you're looking at me smiling, but you're just a million miles away, you know. But my, my point is, you're, 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 when you're daydreaming, what you're picturing something. Did you ever maybe plan to go somewhere or do something like a vacation and you had this picture in your mind of what it was going to be like? And, oh, it was not like that. Not even close. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, where we can have high expectations or low expectations of something, and it didn't really come out to what we had in mind. But you really had an image on the inside of you that you wanted it to be. Every mom has a picture-perfect Christmas with the kids coming over, and this way it's going to be. And then there's fighting and yelling and screaming, and this happened and that happened, and this burnt and that, <laughs> you know, and, and like, what happened? You know, I had this image on the inside of me of the way I wanted it to be. You all know what I'm talking about. Well, that image can drive you. It can move you. This is why it's so important for us to read and confess and meditate on God's word. God, listen to me carefully. I want everybody listening closely to these words. God's words take us beyond our experiences, beyond what we've been taught through various means like family or education or other sources. In other words, God's Word takes you to a place that you couldn't go otherwise. And it brings you to a place that you can see real hope, real change, that things don't have to be the way they are. But you have to have that. Our thinking matters. If our thinking didn't matter, then why does God's Word give us so much information on what we should think about? For example, you don't need to turn here, but if you want to write it down, Philippians 4.8, I'm going to read it in the New Living. 
Philippians 4.8 says this, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. And I love the way the New Living says this. Fix your thoughts. Everybody say it with me. Fix your thoughts. So fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Do you have some level of control over your thoughts? You absolutely do. You do not have to have stinking thinking. When, now see, here's the deal. You can't always stop thoughts coming in, okay? Somehow, the devil has some influence in, from the outside. He can somehow paint an image in our thoughts from the outside. Whether some thing is, is whispering or, 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 or saying some words, somehow all of a sudden we can get this image or thought. They're like, and then, you, then you're like, why am I thinking about that? Why, why, am I, why would I be thinking those bad thoughts? Have you ever done that? I mean, you're literally thinking bad thoughts. Like, I don't mean like perverted thoughts, I'm ta- even though that could happen. But I'm talking about thoughts like uh, you're just thinking all these negative things one after the Like you're picturing, well, this could happen and then that happens and this happens and that like dominoes and this bad thing, bad thing. And then you catch yourself, why am I thinking like that? Why? Because we have a real enemy. And somehow we can plant seeds. I really do believe that those seeds he can plant in our thoughts, I really do believe those are the, listen to me, the fiery darts of the wicked one. That somehow he can, he, can, he can shoot these things, and that's him shooting. And what are we supposed to do? We, what? Have the shield of faith, right? What's the shield of faith? The Word of God says, right? The Word of God says, in other words, we're not just taking any thought, right? What are we supposed to do? Take those thoughts captive, remember? Take those thoughts captive and make them bow to the Lord Jesus Christ, to the Word of God. If those thoughts aren't right, you shouldn't continue thinking about them. You should stop and say, wait a minute. No, 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 no. In Jesus' name, I am not thinking that kind of thought. And you begin to spout out the Word of God. And when you're doing that, guess what? It's really hard not to think about what you're saying. That's why it's good to read the Bible out loud. You ever catch yourself when you read the Bible? If you're not reading out loud, all of a sudden your thoughts wander on something. You know, you're reading about how David's fighting Goliath. Wow, and all of a sudden you're thinking about, I think we might need some potatoes for mashed potatoes tomorrow night. Now, what does that have to do with David and Goliath? Because your mind can wander, right? You begin to think, I, I gotta, I gotta mow the lawn, and I, oh, I, I gotta get some fuel for that, and and uh, okay, where am I now? See, if you'll read out loud, it will help you focus. Now, I know people say, "Come on, children, read out loud." Well, I guess I'm a child because I'm a reading and blah 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 blah. Now, what that does, that helps me keep my thoughts in line, so I'm focused on it. It doesn't always work. <laughs> My mind can still wander. It's amazing to me how I could, you know, it's like all this, how is this happening? I'm talking it and reading it and hearing it, and I'm still thinking about something else, you know. But it does help most of the time. It will help keep you uh, in line. So fix your thoughts. Think about what you're thinking on. Does it matter what we're thinking on? Absolutely. I, let, me, let me throw this uh, another way just to kind of help you out, give you a twist on this. Um, go with me real quick to Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. Let's look at how powerful thoughts are, okay? How powerful our imagination is. 
I want you to consider how destructive and powerful evil thoughts are. All right? And when we define evil, again, sometimes we immediately go to perverted. But evil thoughts are what? Anything that doesn't line up with God's will for your life is an evil thought, right? You being sick, you being poor, you being broke, uh, things not working in your life, failure, quitting. These are all evil thoughts. So think about this, Genesis 6, 5. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. In other words, God is looking at man, and he's looking at, remember, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So he is who, what he's thinking about in his heart, what he's focused on. And the Bible says that God looked at man and he said every concept, every purpose, every desire of man's thoughts is bent on evil. It's, it's always going. It's always continually evil. Their minds were so filled with evil thoughts that God had no choice but to wipe them out and start over with Noah and his family. Our thoughts important. <laughs> so important that God made a huge change because of thoughts. Now let me ask you this. I'm not suggesting that our thoughts even come remotely close to the evil that, that they were dealing with. But again, aren't negative thoughts aligning with evil thoughts? Are negative thoughts about yourself that, that when you see yourself, you see failure? You see a loser? You see someone that if someone really knew the real me, then they really wouldn't love me, they wouldn't like me. Um, you see everything I try to do doesn't work out. Isn't that evil? Isn't that negative? Isn't it going to have a similar impact in our life? It impacted theirs, and they went the direction of their thoughts. Do you get that? You were going the direction of your thoughts. And so if your thoughts aren't healthy, you're not healthy. You might look good on the outside, and you might be able to come in and say, Hallelujah, the Lord is with me. And you look real good and you play the part, but again, your thoughts are ruling your life. Your thoughts are, are, are what's really moving your life. And eventually, whatever's on the inside is going to manifest on the outside. You can't hide it. Like I said, a poor man isn't just poor because of lack of money. It's a mindset. He can't get over it. This is why these people that win the lottery have the most miserable lives that are broke. You take someone who's broke, that's never had any substantial money in their life, and then give them more than they could possibly spend in one moment, they're going to kill themselves. Why? They have no control. And everybody's their friend. You know? And, and everybody's giving them advice, and they're listening to this. And a lot of times, you, you, you'll hear about these guys. Here they got a couple million dollars. Five years later, they're busted broke. How in the world did you go through a couple million? Well, because they're poor. And it was in their nature to lose it. <laughs> they, they don't think right. Yet, you can, yet I've seen, um, and maybe some of you, I've actually seen the stories where they looked at people who were successful after they got the money. They won a big lottery. Those were the ones, guess what? The lottery didn't change their life one iota, hardly. 
It might have given them a few extra bucks, but they didn't change their lifestyle much. They still did a lot of the same things they had joined doing. They didn't just go nuts. Why? Because they understood how to handle money. They understood prosperity. They understood that life is more than just money. And they had that picture and understanding, and so the money changed them very little. I mean, they're bankrolling it when they retire, but they're, they're not, it didn't really impact them. Your thoughts matter. What you think about matters. Now, let's consider this. We went to the negative side. Consider the power in good thoughts. In other words, God-inspired thoughts. Look with me at one last scripture here. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 15. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 15. We see here that Paul is instructing Timothy on how to be a good and impactful minister. And in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 15, Paul says, meditate on these things. Now, meditation is a form of thinking on, pondering on, muttering to oneself, saying over and over, meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. That your progress may be evident to all. So Paul told him to meditate on the things he was learning. He was told to ponder, think on, focus on what he was taught, and then give himself over to practicing those teachings so that it would produce in his life. In other words, listen to me carefully. In other words, he was saying what he was thinking on would impact his actions, which would lead to physical blessing, and that progress would be available for everybody to see. Everybody to witness. Everybody to say, wow, it's working in his life. It's working in his life. See, over time, all of us should be living a lifestyle to what we're seeing here that we're practicing, we're doing, we're meditating on what we're taught. And eventually that meditation turns into how we act and how we live our life. And that progress in our life is evident to everybody. Everybody can witness it and see it. You're not just talking to talk. It's there. It's obvious that something is going on in your life. You're prosperous, you're healthy, your family's strong, so on and so forth. You know, you see these things manifesting, right? Now, some things are obviously not entirely in our control, but what I'm trying to say is, listen to me carefully, good godly thoughts manifest in physical blessing. In other words, if what we think on in a negative way leads us the wrong direction, then what does thinking on the right way lead us to? That leads us to good things, right? To better things. So what we're thinking on matters. If thoughts of failure, sickness, disease, if we see ourselves in pain, if we see ourselves suffering, if we see ourselves as being a quitter, are the majority of our thoughts then it's going to manifest in our life at some point or another. There's no hiding it. For as a man thinks within himself, so he is. Consider this for a moment. Consider someone who commits suicide. Every once in a while we hear about this. Everybody always says this. I am just shocked (laughs) and surprised. I knew them. I, I don't understand that. How did that happen? Well, you don't know their thoughts. You don't know the innermost being, but apparently something was going on because they weren't talking about it. So where was the problem? In their heart, in their thoughts. The thoughts of their heart were bent on something. Apparently they felt like nothing could change. 
And see, they kept on hearing that thought in their mind. They kept on focusing on that. They were imagining themselves doing that. And eventually, what happens? They finally went through with it. And they were successful and they killed themselves. Think about someone who decides, think about someone who, who goes to one of these schools and, and does these horrific things we see sometimes. You know, they'll bring in a bunch of weapons to go uh, uh, hurt someone. Are the weapons the problem? No. Weapons don't hurt anybody. If weapons are a problem, then we should get rid of all knives. No more steak knives, because they could hurt someone. No, that's not the problem. What the problem was what? Somewhere in that person's heart, they were thinking about something over and over and over and over and over. Now, how many of you have ever thought, had a thought about stealing? Raise your hand, because you, you're a liar if you never thought about it. Okay? All right? Keep your hand up. I don't see everybody's hands up. You liars. All right? You thought, I didn't say you went through with it. I said you thought about it. Now, some of you, some of you, went beyond just thinking about it. And you stole. And you liked it. And you did it again and again and again, maybe when you were a kid. I, I Hopefully you're over it now. <laughs> but at one time in your life before you met the Lord, you may have done some things like that. Now, you didn't just have one thought. Hey, steal that candy bar. It looks good, man. I like that. You know, steal it. Nothing will happen. What happened? Usually you had the thought over and over and over and over and over and over. And finally, one day, you decide, I'm just going to go for it. Man, I remember the first time I ever stole anything. I thought, I just might as well died. My heartbeat was racing so bad. It was, I, I never wanted to do it. And I never did anything after that like that again. I couldn't, I didn't want to. I, I just, something seemed really wrong about it. Well, because it's wrong, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I, I just couldn't do it. I, and I knew some people, man, they just couldn't help themselves. I mean, they'd wear these pants, bell-bottom kind of thing. They'd bring them inside out so it kind of stood out a little bit, you know. And they'd just be dropping things. I mean, I had one friend named Joey. I remember when I was a kid. I could not take him in his store. And my mom was the manager of the place. It was like one of those CVS type things, you know. And he would go in there and he'd just go through the aisles and just be dropping stuff in his pants. and Like it was nothing. Like that's how he was raised, you know. His mom sent him out two years old. Honey, if you're hungry, there's the store. <laughs> I mean, he just would drop things. And I'm thinking, I just couldn't do that kind of stuff. I mean, I just didn't have it in me, you know. And it's never been an issue since, but the reality is, how does someone go from one extreme to the other? How does someone, you know, get on drugs? Well, it might start out with maybe puffing a cigarette a few times, and then eventually it might lead to marijuana, and then something goes from one thing to another. But they usually don't start out as a coke addict in one extreme. It always what? It's a thought, right? And, and the thoughts build. And you keep on thinking about them. And you keep on thinking. You just think of it. Just go back to the dessert, guys. All of us can understand that. Take the thing that you... Everybody think of the thing that you like most right now. I mean the thing that, whether it's cheesecake, apple pie, I don't care what it is. Think of that thing you love the most. Everybody got that thought in their head? Do you too? You got thought in your head? All right, all right. Now, you picture that at the counter. And then you say, nope, can't have any. And every day you walk by that, and you're looking at it, and I'm hungry, and that looks so good. I don't want to have just one. I want to eat the whole thing, 
you know. And see, your thoughts will come at you over and over and over. And you might even lay in bed. It's on the counter. It's on the counter. It's on the counter. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Our thoughts are powerful. Well, what we need to do, guys, is be thinking of God's word. What if, what if our thoughts were filled with God's word? Filled with life. Filled with light. Consider the impact on our life. If it wasn't filled so much with television and songs or music and this or that, but it was God's Word that was just just absorbing our thoughts on every level with what God's Word has to say about us and what He offers us. Think about the impact on our life. What we want to do is keep God's Word before our eyes. See yourself with His Word working in your life. That's how you keep your eyes on the Word. So let's real quickly, do this with me real quick in your Bibles. Let's real fast. Matthew chapter 4. We'll go through a couple of scriptures really quick. All right? Matthew chapter 4. Go with me real fast. I want you to see it with your own eyes. And I want you to meditate on this. I want you to get your thoughts on it. Take some time this week. Um, shoot, Christmas is coming up. You're going to have some downtime, you know, hopefully, somewhere in there after. <laughs> and, and really get into it. Really be thinking about it working. Imagine what we're reading coming to real life. All right, like you were there. All right, imagine it. Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 and 24. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon possessed epileptics paralytics and he healed them just meditate on that think about it picture jesus doing this in your mind go to matthew chapter 8 matthew chapter 8 here's an easy one because it's about just two individuals matthew chapter 8 verses 14 and 15 now when jesus had come into peter's house he saw his wife's mother lying sick so peter's mother-in-law is lying sick with a fever and Jesus, the Bible says, so Jesus touched her hand and the fever left her and she arose and served them. Think about just meditating on that. Just memorizing the scripture, confessing it, and then imagining it happening. Imagine it happening with you. Imagine you're the one lying with the fever and Jesus come and touching you and all of a sudden the fever left you. Imagine yourself doing that with someone else. That they have a fever and you're walked up and you just touched them and the fever left them. And it was what we want to do is feed on the word. Get that word in us and in our heart. Let's go to one more. Matthew 9, verse 35. I just picked three in a row here. Matthew 9, verse 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. How many? Every. Every. Every, you, re, you just meditate on that. Get that in your heart. Begin to see it happening. Begin to see that he still works. Does, has he lost any power? No, he hasn't lost any power. And who does he want to use to help someone else? You. See yourself walking in that power. See yourself laying hands on the sick and them recovering. See, just close your eyes and just imagine that that someone who didn't have an arm, an arm grows out in front of you. Imagine you touch eyes to someone who cannot see and they can see before you. In other words, begin to see the Word of God. Not just you, you paying attention to it 
and you're listening to it, and then see it work in your life. Amen? And you see it in here. And then the next step we're going to take is keep it in our heart. And we'll show you how to get the Word of God in your heart. And I'm telling you what, it's an unstoppable force at that point. It's, once it gets in your heart, it is an unstoppable force. Remember, what did Jesus say? That we believe in our heart, say with our mouth. Amen? There's nothing we can't do, right? Say to this mountain, be rem- a mountain is a pretty big item. How many would agree? I mean, it's about as big as you can get. I think that's why Jesus used it. And he said, be removed and be cast into the sea. What did it all come down to? Him saying with his mouth, but believing in his heart. Once you believe in your heart, guys, and the word of God is in there and it comes out your mouth, there's not a power in this universe that can stop it. I mean, it is, it is going to change. It is going to happen. Amen?